0: and welcome back listeners to another edition of comics and pop tarts podcast i'm your host inevitable mike bringing you some cool comic news with what's on the comic hour who's got the power unfortunately it's not obi-wan kenobi as they've been pushed back however They've been pushed back to a few days later in May. However, this will give us the opportunity to view two episodes, unlike Moon Knight's drop y- today, which only gave us one episode, which we'll be talking about here in a second. Um, who's excited for Christian Hayden coming back is Darth Vader. Um, definitely me. Um, their climactic fight in Star Wars Episode 3 was, was probably the best exposition that we ever got on the backstory of Darth Vader from the original trilogy, I think. Because a lot of people asked, back in the 1970s, when, uh, when uh, not this, this is not the exact date for you hardcore Star Wars fans out there, but around the time that New Hope came out, a lot of people asked, well, is Darth Vader a robot or is he a person? I know this because I grew up with those nerds from the Star Wars era when it, it began, and George Lucas was a, a thriving pop culture icon that, that most... Nerdy women and even men uh, salivated after. Um, so it, it kinda answered that question. Um, and it, it did answer that question, actually. And it gave us it gave us the things that we needed to know about his origins and, and why. And it was because Obi-Wan cut him up pretty bad. But I mean, in all fairness, he told him not to jump. And he jumped anyway, because he's just a cynical, overconfident some bitch. Um, and more news. Moon Knight was awesome. Oscar Isaac, as I predicted, crushed it. Amazing acting. Uh, for those of you who don't read Moon Knight comics, um, I probably wouldn't start with the new number one. Because that's going to introduce a new character um, who's the uh, African-American uh, counterpart in a new god. Um, or not a new god, but um, a new Khonshu uh, lieutenant, I was just gonna say lieutenant because I can't think of the word. Um, but I think it's Blood Knight. Blood Moon. I believe it's Blood Moon. Um, super excited for that series. I read issue one. It was fam. It's fantastic, even though it was really Moon Knight just kind of recounting his his issues uh, with a counselor. But you got to see these kind of um, small, small, uh, small scenes replayed as like. Memories that he was, you know, recounting this house and brings in a couple characters from another uh, a couple a couple of other universes uh, A couple of other character books as well um, So it was really it was really well done. I thought uh, Oscar Isaac did an amazing job. Um, I thought Ethan Hawke uh, Ethan Hawke's character um, Was was pretty dope. Uh, I do not like how they teased us at the end. We're like mark specter looks at a Looks at Stephen in the mirror and is like, "Let us save us." And uh, sorry, spoilers. Um, you should have watched it today. Um, by the time this comes out, everybody would have had enough time to watch at least the first episode. Um, please stop watching trailers. You just watch the episodes on Disney Plus. If you don't want to keep Disney Plus, get the three thirty day trial. This is not a shameless plug. This is just if you want your fix and you want to know what everybody's you know buzzing about. This is how you do it. You can go do the thirty day trial. And Moon Knight should wrap up in less than no no. It's good. You, know, you might have to pay eight dollars one time. Um, I think there's about six episodes in the Moon Knight series. Too too little probably, but we only got six for Loki, and everybody's just like ah. So, so I thought it was a great show, man. Um, I love the, I love the cinematic approach to. <laughs> To the psychotic breaks in personalities that that he's experiencing, and this is just one. Right, um, Mark Spector has a lot, and Mark Spector is just the main character of that personality trait um, for his like disassociation um, uh, device that's used in his character uh, his character arc. Um, he arcs lots of times. Um, fun note though, uh, searching around the web, uh, a CBR article titled Moon Knight, Episode 1, Easter Egg, Werewolf by Night 32, points out something really awesome that I thought you guys um, would be interested in. Uh, In fact, this comes from the wonderful world of Reddit. Um, As much as you guys might hate them, they've actually pointed out that you can read the 1975 Werewolf by Night number 32, which is the introduction, the inception, the appearance of Moon Knight um, for free. Because there is a QR code hidden in the scene at the beginning of the of the episode, which I thought was really cool. It takes you to the uh, the Marvel's website where you get to download the 1975 Werewolf by Night um, episode episode. Sorry, the comic that introduced Moon Knight, which is really kind of an Easter egg because, and it has already been announced and confirmed that we are getting a Werewolf by Night movie that is only going to be released on Disney Plus. Um, now, the the information surrounding that is really just a bunch of confirmations, hearsays, and handshakes. This does not mean it has a set date. This doesn't mean that um, it's going to be a long movie. Um, God, I hope not. Because it wasn't a very large character arc. Um, but it did introduce uh, um, a lot of characters that appeared in the Moon Knight series once he was approved for a spinoff at Marvel Comics. Um, back in the back in the, the late 70s, early 80s. So I thought that was interesting. And in fact, um, the scene that it shows up in is at the beginning of the scene, Steven walks in uh, to the Hi- history museum where he works, because he works at a gift shop, and he's talking to a little girl about Egyptology, and they come upon this this glass case that's got a sarcophagus inside, and right below the red sign, you'll see the QR code. If you scan that, you'll get to go read um, Werewolf by Night, uh, the first appearance of Moon Knight on marvel.com. You need to download that digital comic, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, uh, Arthur Harrow makes a a really great character. Um, Ethan Hawke blew that role away. I was really just shocked at the beginning of, of kind of like because you, when, you, when you watch a new show like this, you don't know what's, what's it going to be like. Um, and so you're really coming in blind, especially to Moon Knight. This is the first time Disney has ever done anything live adaptation, dark and, and, and under the cray, uh, under the fray, uh, especially tackling such a, such a topic as disassociation. Uh, personality disorder and mental diseases not to say that's a bad thing but it's just not normally disney's motto and with disney uh, and with disney altering violent scenes to adhere to some of the groups out there trying to prevent these shows from netflix coming over to disney which i totally don't agree with um it, it bears it bears fruit that we must all really listen to. Like, what is Werewolf by Night, the movie, going to look like? From a lot of reports from like CBR and a bunch of other a bunch of other um article, online article, uh media platforms out there are saying that that a lot of the talk and, and confirmations coming out of the studio and, and some of the cast and stuff that's with Moon Knight uh says that Werewolf by Night's gonna going to it's going to be scary. Um, To the point where it might not get that PG 13 rating, like, uh, or that mature rating that Deadpool did, you know, that Deadpool got. Um, Even though we all know that's pretty much, you know, it was pretty much rated R. So it's, it's, you're flying in blind to it, and he's like putting glass in his shoes, and then he puts them on, he just walks outside, and just like, what? Like, who would walk outside? You know, like, what the hell is going on? Um, obviously that was a scene catcher. Of course, it pulled me in. I was just like, "Whoa!" So, um, but it's confirmed, man. Six episodes. Um, it's going to run. The series is going to run through today, um, which is Wednesday, the 31st, all the way through to May 4th, two weeks before I'll be attending Megacon, which I hope to see a lot of you there. Um, I'll have booth numbers and stuff in one of my other update videos, uh, soon to come. Um... Spectre, Stephen Graham Moon Knight and then there's 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 rumors of Mr. Knight appearing as well which is another alternate ego so instead of the, the superhero costume um, we also have the the um, gallant and uh, calm personality swag and, and postulant elegant version of Moon Knight who is actually more violent than the one in the costume and that's Mr. Knight uh, which is basically like you know, the straight stocking mask, the moon symbol on his head, and he's dressed in like an all-white suit. I've always questioned why he was so clean in the comics until he started beating people with his bare hands. And then you kind of understand that the suit design is really an embodiment of him being a canvas, and then every time he, he stops evil, um, he's covered in justice, which is kind of like a poetic art piece to the rest of the world, like a warning. Kind of like how Deadpool's suit is red, so you know. Um, so bad guys can't see me when I bleed. You know, so they don't know he's injured. It's it's more of a mechanic than it is just like, oh, we're gonna put him in a white suit. Uh, which I thought which I always thought was clever. So um we'll probably get Mr. Knight and in, in the episode four ish, maybe five, six. That seems like something that would happen, you know, in the third act. Of course, there's six episodes, which means there's going to be two episodes per act in a story. For those of you who don't know, stories are broken down into three acts. Sometimes four, but we don't always get the fourth act because it's more or less like act three. So you have act one, which is the setup... um, the inception and then the acceptance of the journey and you cross the threshold which puts you in act two which is where all the action happens you meet characters that help you you find out what you need to do you you reattain the message and then you meet the villain and then um, there's also the setback which is probably a midpoint to the act two or which is midpoint to the act two, and then there's the pushback, which is where the, the hero in, in the story, just not not like hero or villain, just the hero of that story, whoever that story is attuned to, right, aligned to, which in this case, it's going to be Mark Spector, Stephen Grant, and Moon Knight, all all wrapped up in the same thing. And they got to find, you know, they got to find their metal, not like iron or brass or anything like the metal, M-E-T-T-L-E, Gotta find their metal, get their bearings, refocus, and then go for the gold. And that's where we get the the, the Act Three, which is the final, the final push, uh, where the where you know the Spider-Man face off against the bad guys, secure them all, and uh, save the world. And of course, in that one, we got two. So in Spider-Man, it was uh Tom Holland calling out all the big bads that just burst out of his apartment, including luring the 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 green goblin there so he can get his revenge, but more more or less resaving them again right at the end and then there's then there's the uh there's then then there's the resolution, so the big fight was the tip of Act three that solves that, but then there's the resolution, which is the spell. And of course, you know, the spell wasn't going to last. It was going to destroy the world. We probably got like 500 people on three Spider-Men. Um, or we could have had more spider man Anyways, it's, it was an unattainable thing to accomplish in a movie um, that size. Three Man was all they could afford, really. Um, so let's leave it at that. But uh, that's when Peter was like, hey, man, sorry, spoilers. Um, it's out early on Amazon Prime. You can go buy it for 20 bucks. Which is a high definition version? Um, I think it's 14.99 for the standard edition, or you can buy the X-ray edition. I don't know what the hell that is. That's for UHD. Um, you can buy it right now before it releases, I believe, next month. Um, but I, I bought it early, so spoilers. Sorry. Um, and then at the top of it, he's like, "Yeah, just just redo the spell, make everybody forget who I am," and then that was the end of the movie because that was the that was the resolution. And then um, then there's an extended part of the resolution which is basically a setup for, you know, a new series, which is an optional part of the storytelling process. And so we'll probably get that. We'll probably get Mr. Knight at the end of this series. Um, um, I don't know much about the, the, the Mr. Midnight. I, I do, I do recall a lot of Moon Knight's West Coast Avengers stuff from the comics and the, excuse me, from the comics and the trade paperbacks that I do have. Um, but, um, let's see. We got some some characters in here. So May Halmaway as uh, Laylal Foley, uh, Gaspard Uliau as Anton Morquette as Midnight Man, and then uh, F. Murray Abram as Kanchu. Kanhu was so sick looking dude. Oh man, so sick looking. Um, Ray Lucas is Elias Specter. Uh, Ferdinand Andrea as Wendy Specter, Lucky Theo Crisdana, I remember. Unfortunately, I don't see anything in here about Frenchie, which is sad because that was one of my favorite characters um, from Moon Knight's cast of, of 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 characters in the comics. So I hope we get that. The, there is an unresolved issue um, in this episode, uh, which is um I want to say Wendy Specter. Maybe, maybe so. I can't be sure. I, I have to do my research because I'm not exactly sure where they're starting Moon Knight off in like the comic series um, versus being canon to the actual Marvel Universe that, that's being built now, which is obviously post-End uh, of the World, um, which they might go back and throw some tidbits in there as to why. But we start off in London, but he's really from L.A. Um, um, he moved to L.A. I think, to start an acting career and I uh, end up getting pulled into the West Coast Avengers. It was it was a really good story. Uh involved um man was it The Kingpin? I can't remember. I'm going to have to go find it back. When I find it I'll post the issue in the in the in the show notes. But it was a it was honest honest review. I give it an 8. I wasn't too happy about the ending cuz cuz they just they tease us and and I hate I hate that because I know that writing is 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 an art form, is a marketing art form that sucks you in and makes you want more. So they'll give you just enough dopamine release to make you say, oh, "You son of a bitch, I'm gonna come back and watch it again." And that's what that's what they want. That's what they all want. And and to be fair, with streaming being so popular and cable TV dying, I could see why that that fearful tactic might still be being used uh, in streaming. Um, i don't agree with it but that's how it was written uh it was a good episode i obviously want more um i'll obviously be covering more um and also the last time on here we were talking about guardians of justice and and one of my updates and i'm not quite ready to talk about that yet all i can tell you is that it features two of my favorite wrestlers diamond dallas page and uh john morrison um, for those of you who don't know, is, is, is wrestling in the WWE actively still. DDP, quite retired. Um, while we're on the subject, heart goes out to a uh, wrestling idol that I followed um, his career um, back when I was a huge, huge wrestling nerd. I still am, not quite as much anymore because I, I'm invested in other, other career futures and changes. Um, but being a pro wrestler is something that I wanted to do when I was younger because of you know, my childhood, and I always looked up to people who were strong and big and didn't mind getting in somebody's face and uh, smashing their head in with a, with a beer can and then finishing it off with a stunner. My introduction to wrestling uh, was was really early, being my first match I ever watched on television or, or recording. I can't quite remember. I was about five. I watched a, a cage match between Ric Flair and uh, King Kong Bundy which, oddly enough, made it into one of the wrestling games that I ended up playing years later, um, which was kind of cool. Uh, for those of you who don't know, WWE 2022... 22, 2022... 2K is out right now. It's actually a really lovely game. I stopped playing it about 2019 because game companies weren't doing, doing it for me, but it, it was actually quite enjoyable. I got to relive uh, Rey Mysterio's career. That was pretty cool. Um... Uh, some of his newer stuff, I like a lot of his old stuff, um, especially the the fights he had with Eddie Guerrero, but uh, Eddie Guerrero had um, a highlight in one of those games, that I believe it was 2017 or 2018, where you got to play a lot of the matches from them, so they didn't want to reuse that, so I, I, I understand that. But back in the day, I was super huge into wrestling, um, even even uh, even almost got close to getting my athletic license and joining uh, the SWA here in, in Southern Mississippi. Uh, which was desponded, uh, which has since disbanded, I still follow you know Diamond uh, Championship wrestling, which is a league here i 'm based out of Pascagoula, I believe um, so every now and again I go see their shows locally just because it's it 's fun it 's fun for me it's it's a it 's a, it's a version of storytelling um, you won 't leave um, y- you you can 't get anywhere else it mixes you know the performing arts with Um, physical, interactive sports, but, uh, Scott Hall, hey, yo, it's the bad guy. Scott Hall, that bad guy, that Italian, that Italian brewski, six foot nine, sadly passed away a few weeks ago. Um, I actually broke that on my Twitter and my Facebook, uh, a few hours after it was announced by the hospital and the family, um. Super sad, man. Um, I know uh, for a minute, a few years back, he was on a, he was on the hot scale. DDP came to his rescue, saved a, saved him by raising money from his fans to give him some surgery. Um, he ended up uh, passing away uh, to complications. Um, you guys can go look up the article and read it. I won't I won't state it here on the podcast out of respect. But I'm super sad, man. It's it's just one of those things. where like we're all getting older. And, um, things we love, uh, remind us that, uh, things don't last forever and neither does life. So we should live it to the fullest. So, uh, I'm in concur. I'm going to concur with Kevin. Like this is going to be like Kevin Smith. This is going to be one of the best years of our lives. As far as entertainment goes. Um, Moon Nut was excellent still to come. Uh, we got Captain Marvel two uh, Thor love and thunder. Everybody's going to get ready for uh, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Morbius set to release next, in two weeks from now, on the 8th. uh, Finally not getting pushed back. It was pushed back because they wanted to keep Spider-Man in rotation to see how much money they could make at the box box office, and they did it. Um, My review for Batman's coming soon. Don't hold on to your pants or listen if you love Batman because it's not going to be a nice one. I'm not gonna trash them. I obviously have good things to say about it too. But let's just say I am not interested in an emotionally vulnerable Batman. Not to say that the Machismo Batman isn't isn't great. Is isn't my Batman because I'm just that type of person that that goes after the male fodder of the alpha male stuff and just loves to see him break bones and kick ass. Of course, we all love to see that. But um if if we're being honest and short, my review is that the Riddler was a better character in the movie. Um, I don't agree with the likeness that they chose or the suit that they chose. Uh, I like the noir stuff. The Selena Kyle actor was a great uh, likeness to the character, both in and out of the comic book. Um, very much akin to Holly Berry, except younger, possibly smaller. Wasn't a big fan of her suit. Um, or the or the chemistry that her and Pattinson had in the movie. Um, I honestly thought that Batman, the animated movie Hush, was a better Catwoman Batman story. Um, um, and I do believe it's the discipline of animation writing that made that movie better because they only have so many pages to work with. Um, it was an hour and I think like 30-something minutes versus Warner Brothers, you know, two hours and 49, 52 minutes, like whatever it is, almost three hours long i do believe colin farrell should get an award for portraying penguin um you can't even tell it's colin farrell and that accent that he created oh man it is just so genuine it's probably more more new yorker than new yorkers if i'm being honest which let's be honest if we're going to talk about batman gotham is pulled straight from new york and and the the new york area um I don't know anything about New York because there have never been. Uh, what I see is what I've seen on TV, but um, knowing the, some of the history from like the DC Comics era and Batman itself and their creators, a lot of that stuff was designed and, and modeled after a lot of the things that they know, which is New York. So that's that's a short review. Um, probably won't go see any more Batman movies. I'll probably wait till they come out. Obviously, this is going to be you know, a trilogy. I'll just push through all the stuff that they're throwing out there. And, you know, uh, hopefully hopefully when it comes out, it won't be that bad. And if it's not that bad, I'll go see the third one. Rumors up the pipeline is, is that they're going to redo Bane uh, from the Christopher Nolan Bane, which, you know, we all agree that Tom Hardy did a great job. And sometimes we just don't understand why he sounds so articulate and constipated. But it was interesting. I, I can't help but think that if they would have put some more work in it, they could have done a Venom angle. Um, people are always trying to bring crap in through Gotham. Um, I would have rather watched that and then done an accurate portrayal of the comics. Which is what some of the creators and... and and, uh, spoiler men and women out there saying about the new Batman, that there were, there were Easter eggs in the film that kind of hinted towards, you know, a Bane making an appearance like an actual Bane, you know, kind of like how they screwed up Venom in um, in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. And then Sony redid a better Venom with Tom Hardy, who redeemed himself as a worse Bane. Um, <laughs> oh, that's, that's how entrenched I am into all this, my friends. Um let's see Captain Marvel 2 still still to come. Um I felt this movie was dead on arrival because of all the um all the drama that um the actor who, who portrays Captain Marvel um behind the scenes. Um we're all aware we're all aware of it, but um let's see Seemed like its potential coming out of the direct.com. Uh, unlike its potential companion Disney Plus series, Secret Invasion production on The Marvels has been kept under wraps, aside from the set photos leaking, uh, leaking showing off a new costume for I'm a Villain as Kamala Khan. Um, outside of the costume, fans know little about the Captain Marvel sequel, but there was one small role that potentially leaked. Last year, One Takes News reported that Marvel Studios was looking for an actor in the early 30s, 50s to play the role of the scientist friend who the outlet believed would appear in the Marvels. So, apparently, there's going to be a spin off show um, that's, going to, that's going to be canon to the Secret Invasion Disney Plus series. And also, if we're talking about Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel series, uh, which has been reportedly pushed back. Um, possibly to make room for She-Hulk um, and some of the other series um, I do believe in the future that they're going to build up and they're going to do a um, man, what, what's it called um, female comic group female comic group let's go Google comic team it's like right on the tip of my tongue Yeah, we all the DC's ones. I don't want the DC ones. We've all seen Birds of Prey. Harley Quinn was great. Uh, well, you know, that might be the team. The Marvels. I think what's A-Team. It was like the A-Team of uh, the female. Oh yeah, this is it. Oh, that's even more interesting. I actually have one of the comics sitting on my shelf, but I can't go get it because it's noisy out there. Um, it's outside my studio. Um, so the the, the female re- team, the Marvel team I'm referring to, is, um, is like the Marvel's A-Team, but with females. It had a lot of characters like, um, like She-Hulk, Captain Marvel, Black Widow. Of course we can't have Black Widow now that she's dead in the canon series. But it's the multiverse, my friends. Anything is possible. And if and if my theory is correct, if if Doctor Strange, the evil Doctor Strange that we see in the trailer for Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness is true, and they do cross over the What If series and make a canon, that means that in what if. Um the What If episode, where um where Black Widow comes back at the end, at the end of the series after defeating, um, after defeating the ultimate Ultron, right? King Ultron. When the Watcher brings her back to a different universe that the Black Widow is then revived. So, it might be possible. Now, the the catch is that shaky relationships between, um, between the actor and, and, and Disney and Marvel because of the lawsuit that she filed, um, surrounding the conflict of distribution on her film, The Black Widow, can they get her back? Or will she want to come back? And if she does accept, is she going to make them pay a derivative amount of extra money for all the crap that she caused? Or will she and Disney and Marvel squash their beef and make it nice-nice so that the fans can have what they want? Because isn't that the point of all this work? But, uh... So we talked about earlier that, uh, Falcon and the winter soldier had been reported by lots of people who have noticed, um, that takes place that in episode three of Falcon and the winter soldier, that <laughs> violence has been censored. Why, why would they do that? Well, ladies and gentlemen, there are parental groups out there coming at them with lawsuits and threatening them in all sorts of evil, hateful ways. Uh, I actually went to one of these parental union sites that actually want you to join and talk to you about all the stuff that the entertainment industry is, is showing our kids. I don't think Marvel is that is that, is that show that's going to you know train your kids to grow up and be violent now. That's questionable debate because there's a lot of content that's covered, but these are isolated incidents surrounding characters created from nothing for the purpose of entertainment. Now, recently in comic book culture, um, especially through DC, um, there have been lots of political writers, and I call them political because they make very broad political statements in their work and their issues that they take over like say for instance the superman issue i don't mind that superman's gay i just want i just want to have a good reason as to why or have a universe where you know the positive effects of of gay and trans culture have been applied and there is no more conflict like give us that you know give your community a hopeful outlook in the perspective of there being, you know, a gay superhero um, or a gay feminine superhero who can identify as whatever they want to. The controversy is that these writers are making political statements using old characters, which in my opinion is an act of literary war because good writers come up with good excuses for changes that occur so that their new audience can accept these changes as something that has happened. Either by choice or passively. That'll, that'll be accepted. When rockets come out of nowhere and blow, blow things up. And there's nothing that launched a rocket. And you don't explain that in your comic book page. People aren't going to turn the page to read the comic. Never mind it has the lowest comic book sales in the world. And this is not the platform I'm going to use to bash anything. I'm not bashing anything. My point is is that that is an example of what these parental unions are doing to comic books, which we've already gone through back in the early 19 what 50s, when people were burning comic books in the street after some asshole psychologist said that comic books were turning our children into zombies of violence. Well, if that were the case, um, we wouldn't have Fortnite or any other video games um, because that isn't uh, a training simulation for the next uh, for the next uh, generation of soldiers, who'll be sitting in a in a pod, postulated on some military camp, remote controlling either a robot or a drone for a war, causing casualty on countries who don't have the technology. Right? That's that's not a future um, that they're being groomed for, possibly. And why give into that fear to begin with? Like, who cares? I have a good reason for it. I don't think. I don't think. Uh violence should be used intentionally. I think it should only be used in terms of fantasy. The Witcher series. Who's afraid in Congress and and the Senate right now of a void cracking open in the ground and monsters coming out? You're like there's no secret society out there who bear wolf emblems around their neck that tell them that supernatural dangers are abroad. It's retarded. It's it's unintelligent. Because any other word Or any other idiom would be uh, disrespectful. And that's not what I'm trying to accomplish. So I don't think Disney's uh, ability... I don't think Disney, especially quietly, quietly cutting these things out, right? Um, And and I have a feeling that they're going to do this to the Netflix shows. Which, in my opinion, that's going to make Daredevil a horrible show. I mean, Daredevil was crafted after a lot of the Kevin Smith and Frank Miller comics... These were violent comics. They were violent because they had to be, because necessity chose them to be, because Kingpin was a violent person. And then Punisher was injected into the series in season, was it two, three? I mean, you can't have a Punisher comic without it being violent. That's his entire repertoire. Yes, yes, a lot of these comic book characters are predicated on social and political and 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 political ideologies. I get it. But The comics that I've read with those characters in it don't don't throw it at you like like you have to be like you have to make a decision like it wasn't forced upon people. I'm sure there's people out there who feel that way, but it's just a form of of entertainment media to you know to entertain you. That's it. That's all it should be about. So if you make changes in these, you should be transparent about those changes and you should have really good reasons. That's what makes really good businessmen. That's what makes really good writers. That's what makes really good editors. That's my opinion. I mean, what's your opinion? I'd love to hear about it. Leave me a voicemail at comics and comics, the letter N pop dash tarts.com. Make a voicemail thing, you get ninety minutes. I'd love to hear from you. Um of course, any comments you guys make on the website will be featured on the show in a follow-up video, so there's that too. But I just, I just think it's sad that, that Disney is going to cater to these groups, try to make everybody happy, when they should just be proud. Stand up for the actors that were in them, stand up for the uh, workers, the workers in, the, in the film union that, that helped make them, uh, the director that saw the vision come to life. And for the studio that brought it to life with all of its money, they should that should take a stand. And if these parental unions don't like it, then they should shelter their kids from it. They should not watch it themselves and they should not care because nobody asked them to save the world. In good conscience, that is a threat to freedom. When you have somebody tell you something you shouldn't do, it's a threat to freedom. You are entitled to your opinion, but it should not dissuade you to make legal changes, especially by lying to all of your customers and not telling them that you're doing this. What I have noticed—probably not if I wouldn't have read this article—I might have noticed, you know, a year from now when I decided to rewatch Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which was a great show, by the way. Um, it was a it was a really really awesome uh, evolution of Falcon. Uh answer the question on who is the winner who is Falcon without Captain America because for many many years Falcon and Captain America were a dynamic duo um much in the absence of Bucky, which kept Captain America apprised right now Falcon took over that 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 role that that friend role like like watson and um like Watson did for Sherlock Holmes. Um, it, it was just a good show. Um, it also showed us, uh, where the Winter Soldier's heading, uh, in his appearance. Um, not much they're doing with him in any other, in any other show that I could foresee in the future. He might come about in, in the, in the Machine Wars, uh, show that they're doing. I believe it's called Machine Wars. Um, that's gonna be, uh, headed up by, uh, Iron, by War Machine. um, so he might be in there. Uh, maybe even the Falcon, too. Who knows? Um, there's a lot of canon and continuity issues and concerns with all the shows that they're doing, but I'm sure Marvel's got a hold on it, right? Um, speaking of Falcon, Anthony Mackie is bringing his money, his F.U. money that he made, and he's building a studio an hour from my house, which is awesome. That means, that means more opportunity for all of us here on the coast. If you live in the Biloxi, Hattiesburg area, that means it's about to get busy. Um, I wish he would come a little more west and do it, you know, somewhere in between Louisiana and Mississippi, because it <laughs> it can get a little wet down there, um, especially during hurricane season. But you know, I'm sure that's I'm sure he's aware of all that. Um, in later news, I thought this was interesting. Be apprised: the human genome has finally been fully decoded. We should all be worried. We should all be worried, especially after especially after a certain scientist said on the World Economic Forum that humans are now hackable animals. What does this have to do with comics? I don't know. Everything from Star Wars to Star Trek and uh, every comic that you can think uh, that was susceptible to telekinetic takeover um villains that could reprogram you uh, telekinetically, um, consciously from afar or using uh, a device of some of some kind. This is the science that's been born from science fiction and literature i i I feel like imagination could be weaponized, and it has been. I mean, does not does does everybody forget that a million people signed a petition and brought it before Barack Obama to build a Death Star? Did we all forget that? Um, do you want to know why he shot it down? Because it cost too much money, not because it wasn't possible. That's that's the fearful thing in that. Um, brought to you by NBC News. That's very concerning as well. Um, Or it says OR close enough away. So they think they got it is what they said. What uh what things do you guys think we could we could do with this type of technology? Genome has finally been decoded. Does this mean that we can finally phase out all disease in our genomes? Maybe. Do you think there's a world in which that ex- that type of treatment would exist that isn't gonna be monetized by multi-billion dollar corporations? That, that aren't owned by, by BlackRock? <laughs> Maybe not. Do you think there's not stories out there that describe this? Six comic books that I reviewed this week alone have talked about fighting giant corporations that are in control of a lot of things. It tells me a few things. that People believe in monopolies. People believe that corporations are corporations for a reason. And uh, they're all backed. They're all backed by money. So comics can get kind of political. But you don't have to listen to those opinions. I do think that everybody should know that the human genome being fully decoded is a great thing, or could be a great thing, but realize the potential for darkness. For where there is light, there is always darkness. And for where there is darkness, the light cometh. So in my book, Wild Oni, coming out soon, hopefully this year, depending on whether or not my artists can, can get all the pages done before we go to uh, go to Kickstarter. Um i I have a story that i 've weaved into Edo Japan history that talks a lot about dark and lightness because those were the things that I created my um my my mythos around um, so I took world building in in college and one of the things that we we studied was um, the beginning of the origins of of creation in all the different types of cultures out there, uh, one of the one most notables that I learned was um, a lot of the uh, a lot of the Eastern Asian culture believes that you know giant egg surfaced uh, from it the dragon and then a lot of that stuff turned into like the land the tears of the dragon and blood and dragon became the sea. Um, there's one out there. It was like a giant. I believe it was Greek mythology. Um, something about slaying giants and giants landed. You know, they created the world. Their skin was the earth. Their their something was the mountains. Their eyes, you know, turned into the sea. Something like that. Um. And and so and so, my entity, which is um, much like uh, an oni entity, which is much like a demon, makes a pact with a, a main character and becomes my version of like a supernatural duality character, like the Hulk and Bruce Banner. Um only with a demon. And and one of the things that, that I discuss in the book, one of the themes that's riveted through there, is um, those who sin in the dark shall be burned in the light. Which is a phrase that sounds like Scripture from the Bible, but it's not. It's written by me. I'm not sure if it's organically, organically original. Probably not as it sounds like it's, it's ripped off from a bunch of different methods. Um, but but it, it speaks to me, and I hope it speaks to people who read the book, um, that those who do things quietly, without transparency, are not truthful in nature, basically, uh, retelling with that. So when you sin in the dark, your intentions are dark, they are not light. But given the right amount of light, the darkness will be exposed. And so my story is one of redemption and vengeance, um, a, uh, a shogunate, and this stills from like the time period of like Toyotomi in Japan and the Edo period, right before the Tunguska age, um, which is the last age of J- uh, Japanese culture before they were westernized by the Americans who rolled up on them in the eighteen hundreds, like we're gonna blow your shit away if you don't, you know, open up. It's from the Tunguska age. Um, it was like two hundred and forty something years where japan just didn't go outside the realm of japan they just stayed inward until the westerners showed up it's fascinating history so um so so it's about uh vengeance and and redemption and the shogunate uh kills this man's family he's a rebel i plucked from actual history because this is alternative history with supernatural uh overtones um mori from the soul from the So clan and, uh, kills his family and leaves him to die in the woods for the wolves. And he finds his cave and makes his pact with an, with an Oni demon who was trapped in a meteorite prison. Trapped there by the Salamander and Salamander entity, which gave the world its son. And, you know, from that grew life. Excuse me. Um... And so he wants vengeance, and that was his price to pay for being the host of this Oni demon. And that's pretty much what the book is about for at least the first arc is um, Morichika dealing with being inhabited by wild Oni. Wild Oni corrupting his mind with thoughts while running into this Ronin clan, which is the followers of the Salamanders trying to save the world from being destroyed. Working toward that end-of-the-world plot, you know what I'm saying? Um, but scary times, scary times. You could find things like this through all comics and you should pay attention to those. And for those of you who don't pay attention at all, well, you know, up upgrade your awareness level. It could be great. Um, so that's just a funny, a fun story, a scary story I wanted to throw in there for you guys. And then I will leave you on this note today on CBR, which is where I get a, a lot of my comic book news. Um, I ran across this this um, this article called uh, "Eternals versus Th- Thanos's Black Order," which Marvel cosmic threat is more dangerous. Now, for those of you who don't know, Jack Kirby was the father brainchild behind the Eternals way back in the day, and um, actually has some origins with Thanos being a baby during the time of the Eternals. Through a lot of that, and uh, in the Eternals movie itself. Um, I believe it was, was post-Infinity War. So this happened after. Now I think a giant fucking Eternal bursting from underneath the ground killing everybody is just as big a threat or is just a bigger threat if not more than Thanos eliminating half the uh, half the population from all of the universe. Right? Because at least half the half of every living thing would be there. Whereas the Eternal absorbs all the energy from all living life from that world and becomes, you know, a rogue gallery to the universe, walking around in complete darkness, doing the same thing to other galaxies. Because for every eternal born, another galaxy is born, basically. And it's one of those man versus existence stories. I it was kind of uh, thought-provoking. Um, if you had to choose <laughs> a, a world-ending plot and you had a chance to save it, what would it be? Would it be an Eternals plot or would it be a Thanos plot? Um, I'd love to hear you guys' comments in the section. Please hit me up on Apple, uh, hit me up on uh, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Radio Republic, and um, just announced uh, we we hit the airwaves of Amazon Music. Thank you so much for all the countries and all of you, all of you listeners from those countries, for help making that possible. Uh, I don't believe I did it alone. Um, I'm proud to bring you guys content every week. Uh, in the light and lieu of things that have happened in the past, I've always made this this channel my rock, and I'm thanking you guys for uh, making me your rock. Um, I hope, I hope, once we LLC the podcast, I'll be able to bring you a level of uh, a level of services through Patreon. Um, once we monetize the channel and not only will i be offering you know um content and stories um for those of you it's been a long time dream i would love to teach how to write stories so that your voice matters too um so keep an ear out for that i'm designing that stuff right now and hopefully you guys will follow me throughout this whole process amazon music everybody be excited um, the next step is iHeartRadio and Pandora. Uh, Amazon Music, as you know, was a was a box list. And we're checking that off for the year 2022. You should all be proud of yourselves. And, um, yeah, if you want to know more, spread the word, share it out. Leave me a five-star review and what you like about the show. Also, go to the website, comicsandpop-tarts.com. Leave me a review on there. Leave me a comment, voicemail. You get 90, 90 seconds to, to let me know what you like about the show or if you want to answer one of the questions that I presented in this episode, I'd love to hear for you. I do follow-ups for those of you who use the feature. I'm still giving away a digital version through Voodoo of, of Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Um, let's go ahead and say that if you answer one of these questions tonight, uh, the first person will receive that copy uh, via email. Just let me know what your email is or your Twitter handle is. And the voicemail message, and we'll, I'll play it and highlight it on the next episode. Thank you so much for coming back to listen to another episode of Comics and pop Darts Podcast Channel. And I'm your host, Inevitable Mike. Stay creatin', stay safe, stay inspired. Adios.